Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Good morning. How are you? It's Eshen Brenda Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Happy to be with you this morning. <clears throat> Cloudy, beautiful, cold spring morning. Long night, early morning. My, my, how conditions shift and change. Shift and change. Endlessly shifting and changing. And here we are again, though. Something constant throughout all this continuous change. <clears throat> Excuse me. Something is constant. Constant. Unchangeable. Unchangeable throughout the shifting conditions, circumstances, feelings, thoughts, fears, hopes, dreams, on and on we go, on and on we go in the lush valley of life. And I do feel it's valley and it is lush, lush, lush. Many trees blooming when spring comes. Many people in the park so happy to be outside to get a fresh breath of air. Many relationships reappearing or disappearing or not appearing. Wow, so much, so much change, change, change. When I was a little girl, we used to go to Coney Island, and there was a place then called Steeplechase. I remember it vividly, vividly, because here we were in Coney Island, and one could say we live in the Coney Island of the mind, that's for sure. But anyway, in those days, there we went to steep to uh, Coney Island, which was actually very beautiful to me anyway, because the ocean was there. Oh, I love the ocean. Always loved that ocean. The smell of it, the, the sound of it, the beauty of it, the great grandeur and width of it. There's that ocean with the waves, different at different times, but still always the ocean. And we'd walk on the boardwalk, and there were so many un interesting, fun, surprising things in Coney Island. They had the grandmother giving, reading your fortune, <laughs> and um, cotton candy, and on and on and on, rides. But there was one place that particularly, particularly struck me, and which I think of to this very day. And it was called Steeplechase. It was within Coney Island. And when you went into Steeplechase, that was a very steep place in some ways. And one thing that was made such an impression was that there was a mirror in Steeplechase. You went into one of the rooms and there was a mirror. And it, if you looked in the mirror one way, your body was very, very long and tall. Another way, it was short and wide. Another way, it distorted reality, this mirror. And people laughed and enjoyed looking at the distortions in the mirror. And it was strange to me. It was not quite a house of horrors, but it was strange to me. When I looked in the mirror one way, I saw one thing. When I looked in the mirror another way, I changed. I was something else. And I said, but who am I when I'm not looking in the mirror? I used to wonder that. How could a mirror so distort the reflection of what I'm seeing. I didn't use those words. I was a little girl. I might have said, oh, how can a mirror change things so much? What? 
what's the real me? <laughs> you know, the little ones among us, the children, they have all the koans on the tip of their tongue. Don't be fooled. The little ones, and there are many beautiful little children among us of all kinds, they are the real teachers, little dewdrops. <clears throat> they know. But we look at them in a mirror and we see them as silly, bad, naughty, childlike, on and on, have to be disciplined, on and on, or other other views of our precious children. No, 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 no. These These little ones, not just me, but many little friends, Wow, we we knew, we understood the koans, we questioned when life came, it came along with a koan, but, but, but how could my reflection, and maybe the reflection of my friend or my sister or my cousin, whoever came with me to steeplechase, how could that person, that being, be so distorted in the mirror? Again, we didn't use the word distorted. How can it change like that? How can it look so odd? So now here we are many years later, all of us still living our lives, looking in different mirrors at ourselves and at our friends and companions <clears throat> and, at, and at the world in general. We don't realize we're looking at distorted reflections. <clears throat> we're distorted reflections of reality, of what is. And we're not responding to the truth of what's there. We're responding to the reflections we see in all the different mirrors. You know, our language, our words, our beliefs become mirrors as well. We'll look at somebody through a label. Oh yeah, I know about him. He's blah, blah, blah. We'll give him a million labels. Either very negative labels or even very positive labels. Oh, that person's so enlightened. Really? That's a mirror. That's a mirror. The minute you stick a label onto someone, oh, then you are distorting who that person truly is at that moment and who they could be with you in this life right now. Such a crucial, vital, important insight, especially in this day and age when certain mirrors are are being smashed, canceled. Can't look at it through this lens, can't look at it through with these words. There's one mirror being put up. Again, any mirror, any mirror takes away your own true immediate response, your gut reaction, your intuitive knowingness to what's happening right now. You know why a mirror can never tell the truth or a label or an idea or some jargon? It can never tell the truth because people, experiences, are in a state of continual change and continual growth, continual or maybe Unfortunately, in some cases, continual disrepair. But it's change, change, change. So anything that tries to fix an experience or a person in time, in a label, in a belief, is putting that experience in a cage. 
without bars, although the label becomes the bars. It's fixing it in a little prison in your mind. So then we get caught, we get trapped in these little prisons and we feel unsatisfied with our life, unhappy. Because, you know, deep down we know that we are all like that beautiful wild ocean that keeps flowing and grow- and moving and nourishing the whole world, the ocean, that ocean in Coney Island and everywhere. Just the smell of it. Even today when I smell the ocean, I go... Oh, how it just goes right through me. It's or listen to the sound of the waves. It's there. It's endlessly there despite all its changes. And it's there to nourish, to nourish, to strengthen, to uplift the world. Many creatures living in the ocean, we don't even know they're there. We don't even see them. How we live on the tip of the iceberg of life, unfortunately. And so we say, well, I'm, I don't have a good relationship. I don't have a good job. I don't have a good this. I don't have a good that. Oh, yes, you do. But you're just living on the very tip of the iceberg of it. You're not really experiencing it. You're not knowing who's there with you and what the great possibilities are because we are all somehow trapped in steeplechase in front of that mirror including me, everyone. The first way to step out of steeplechase, the first way, that's a nice way to call it. I like that, the first way, simple, is just to know that that's where you are, is to see what's happening. That's a very, actually, a huge moment. Huge. Oh, my goodness. This isn't This isn't real. These are distorted reflections in the mirror. Just to really, really deeply, truly see that, that's a huge moment. That's beautiful. We have, we have all, again, the same thing with this idea of so-called enlightenment or ripeness of time. My, one of my great teachers used to say, everything will happen in the ripeness of time said it so many times that that phrase became a part of my body, a part of my heart, the fullness of time, the ripeness of time, as if it's not happening though right now, very right now is the ripeness of time. It's not that something's going to happen. He wasn't really saying. It's not like something, what's happening now is inconsequential. Wait, wait till you're ripe, till you're ready, on and on. Although we, we can take it that way. But the ripeness of time is right now. You are here alive in this body, in this life, in this condition, situation, event. This is the ripeness of time. Wow. And we don't realize it because we're looking for something vague, something else, something huge, the ripeness of time or whatever Other phrases are used to describe the end of this journey that we think we're headed to. But we're not headed to it. We're, we're, we're right at it now. Not headed anywhere. Because if you keep going the way you're going now on your journey, wherever you end up will be right where you are right now. It's this moment that makes the difference. 
this moment now. Not some goal, not some fantasy. Our goals, oh my goodness, they also can distort, distort what's happening right now. We'll refuse something because it doesn't feel, that's, that's off course. It's, that's not part of my goal. I don't want to experience this. That's not my image of where I'm going, my goal. Again, we're back into the mirror, distorting our lives. So, so huge steps, big moments are very simple moments. They're not that they're not simple moments. It's that we're not living on the ice, tip of the iceberg anymore. We truly enter that moment. We truly see what's what. Like that moment in steeplechase when you see, oh, that's not my, that's not me. That's a just, one minute it looks like this, one minute it looks like that. This, this mirror, there's not something, there's not something wrong with me. There's something wrong with the mirror distorting my image over and over again. Wow. You know, so many of us feel, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready enough. No, 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 no. Those are just, again, distortions in the mirror. There's something wrong with the mirror, nothing wrong with you. And I won't even say something wrong. I'm going to just say that's what the distorting mirror does. It distorts who you are. That, that itself, just to see that, to be with the truth of that is huge. Don't brush over it quickly. Don't run away from it quickly. It's immense. It's comforting. It's amazing. It opens a world to you. Now, you know, I'm not saying, once we see something like that so deeply, I'm not saying that these distorting mirrors of life and relationships can be another very distorting mirror. Many things. I'm not saying they're going to go away because in a sense that is the nature of our lives, looking through different mirrors to find ourselves or to experience our life. But, but, we, but once we see it as a, dist a distortion, as a distortion, once we see a, a confusing mirror as a confusing mirror, we're not caught in it anymore. We're not caught in that mirror. We're not caught in steeplechase. We've turned around and begun to walk out to the boardwalk to be with the wild, free, beautiful ocean, which is not interested in, in distorting anything. It's just what it is under all conditions, high tide, low tide, always the ocean, always there. That's also something important to see. So our time is almost up for today for the podcast. A wonderful practice, perhaps for this week or for whatever you, whenever you like, next week, tomorrow, <laughs> although I would say for right now, is just to see in your own life where you're in steeplechase. What's distorting the image? Don't hate. 
the mirror that's distorting the image. Just see it for what it is. And as you keep recognizing that distorted image, you will begin also to recognize the ocean and where nourishment truly lies and who you truly are. Thank you for listening. The um, URL for today is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And if you wish to write to me, have a little correspondence, any questions or comments, you can always reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day.